Everybody, figuring it out. 80, 80, 80. 80. 80. big 80. And we got a very special guest with us today. Yay, um, childhood friend of our beloved Steve. Yeah, who is coming from corporate world or at least the job employed world and is now he's a sweet, he's a sweet, sweet boy and he's got a tight little body. Jesse Cohen is here. Jesse Cohen, life coach. Jesse, life coach. What's up, not, guys? Not a DJ. <laughs> hey, buddy. Um, Thanks for having me. How is your quarantine going? Talk to everyone. Are we still in quarantine? Yeah, we definitely are. <laughs> Although, if I showed you what was going on in front of me, there's a lot of people at our pool right now. So we're, like, trying to be serious about this, but also trying to yeah. live our lives. There's a lot of people that are like, what quarantine are you talking about? Where, where, where are you? We're, I'm in Denver, Colorado. Oh, but Denver's fine. I know. And I think I think people are like, oh, we're good. Like, we're set. Yeah. Do you guys not have many cases out there? They're one of the only states that's not on the list. There's like 32 states. Oh, you mean the, like the travel list from New York? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so. But otherwise, we're good. I mean, Lauren, my partner, and I are good. We're, we're, we live in a 600-square-foot apartment, so things have been, <laughs> things have been testy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, tidy. it's, yeah. It, did you say it's tidy? Tidy with a D, yeah. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I live that. in 300 square feet and it's not clean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't take credit for that, but I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. So for the listener, Jesse uh, is one of my best friends uh, for my whole life. And he graduated college from Penn State. Then he went, Penn State Honors, thank you. So Jesse worked in the engineering world, in the energy engineering world, and recently left that job to start his own business as a life coach. So I think what people would be interested in is like, how did you decide over time that this was something for you? And like, how did it come to you? Good question. Um, Yeah, I mean, basically, I I followed like the very traditional path. I mean, if you want to start like way back when my sister, who's two years older than me, she was always kind of the rebel of the family, Mm -hmm. right? She was like, she was testing my parents. She was, you know, getting into bad stuff at an early age. Um, And so I think I saw that from an early age and I realized like, oh, okay, I'm going to do the opposite. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm going to not get yelled at by my parents. I'm going to, you know, not have whatever. And so I, I followed a pretty straight line. Um, I got good grades, went to a decent school, got a good job, moved up the corporate ladder pretty quickly. Um, and then I kind of found myself like mid twenties and I was totally like unhappy Mm. and I had everything. I would like check the box off. I was like, you know, making good money. I had a nice apartment. Um, you know, I had good friends. I was traveling, I was doing all the things and I was just like, I don't really think I'm like that happy. I'm not fulfilled in any way. I'm not, I, I never get excited to go to work. Um, so clearly something in that formula, like is not working for me. Um, so that's when I started to really like do some digging and try to figure out like, what the hell, where did I go wrong? Um, and yeah, that's when I kind of started to realize like, Oh, well maybe, part of why I'm so unhappy is because I've been avoiding like all of the stuff that 
that I know I like, but I've always seen as kind of like weak or not like, uh, you know, not going to make me money. Sure. Like if you're, if you're getting real with it. Yeah. Um, you know, like I love connecting with people. I love helping, like just talking to people. Um, I love getting deep, but like Steve, you know, this, like, like I'll talk about like death, like the first three minutes that I know someone and it's like, but he's not a death coach. Life is is my specialty. <laughs> Jesse, what do you think about that as a joke? Is that good? <laughs> I was so worried that I'm coming onto a comedy podcast uh-huh. like the least funny. <laughs> well, we're pretty shitty <laughs> too. We got, we got <laughs> okay, um, so you start realizing that this is some. Now, how how did you start to learn about life coaching specifically? Yeah. Um, I mean, really it started when I was just like, okay, what am I good at? Like, what do I actually like to do? I know I can get paid well for renewable energy and developing, you know, large scale solar farms, but that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm good at. That's not what I like to do. I'm not like passionate about it. Right. So when I did that kind of introspective digging, I realized a lot of what makes me unique is like, you know, the, the combination of like the, interpersonal skills with the strategy and the very kind of analytical left brain. Okay. Um, and so then I started thinking like, okay, maybe I should go into HR, you know, which for me was like, uh, a huge kind of concession. It was like, I, I'm a engineer, I'm a businessman. I'm not, you know, I always thought that that was weak talking Mm -hmm. about feelings and emotions and all that. Um, but the more digging I did, the more I realized like, that's actually, that's actually what makes me tick. Um, and so I started exploring. I, you know, I dove into personal development uh, pretty quickly after college and was reading all the, you know, the Tony Robbins books, the Tim Ferriss books, like all the things. Um, and then I started diving into like spirituality and realizing like, oh, there's a lot more to this than just like think happy thoughts and like right. everything's going to be good. And that's kind of when things started to change for me because I started to realize like there's a whole world out here of people actually helping other people and doing it for a living. Right. Um, so really where it all, where it all started was I went to Thailand to visit my sister. So she lives out there now. She's teaching. Um, and while I was in Thailand, I met all these people doing like totally untraditional things. So there was people that had their own businesses, like, you know, uh, doing ads for like Nike, but the Spanish website, Mm -hmm. um, it's like, Oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. It's like, yeah, well, Nike needs people to help them in Spanish as well. Um, you know, or people that started people that started their own, uh, you know, frozen yogurt stands all across Thailand. And I was like, wow, you don't need to go to college, get a good job, move up the corporate ladder, you know, be miserable for 40 years and then retire and, you know, maybe go on a couple nice trips. <clears throat> that reframe really helped me kind of realize, okay, um, I can do something. For, for the longest time, I thought it was always them that were doing cool things. And then I got back from that trip and I was like, well, I can actually do something. So I remember uh, it was like the second night I got back from Thailand, I was sitting in front of my computer and I was like, you know, pushing numbers on an Excel spreadsheet, like from the day's work. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do something. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do, but I'm just going to commit to doing something and see what happens. So I started a meetup group 
Have you ever heard of Meetup? Sure. Okay. So I started a Meetup group. I I called it like how to find work you love because that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to like figure out like what is it that I actually want to do. Started a Meetup group, closed my computer, woke up the next day, and like 31 people joined the group. And I was like, oh fuck! Now I actually have to do something. Right. And people were messaging me like, hey, when's the first session, like the first meetup? Uh, what, how can I get involved? Like, what do you need help with? And then I, you know, I, I kind of had that like, oh shit moment. Like, okay, um, I have to have a session. I have to have like a meetup. I have to actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had my first, se- my first, you know, session and uh, five people showed up. It was like, you know, a mom a young guy from, uh, from Syria, uh, another young guy that was an engineer, another like middle-aged woman. Uh, This is in person, right? This is all in Houston, Texas. Right. And, uh, yeah. So, so that we all got together for like an hour and a half. We were talking about like some really cool stuff. We broke barriers very quickly. And I remember I was in the car and I felt like I wanted to just like run through a wall. Like it was the first feeling in years where I was like, holy shit, I'm alive. (laughs) Like, whoa, I don't know what that was. And I'm sure you feel that all the time when you're on stage (laughs) where it's like, oh, I'm alive. Kind of the opposite. No, no. It's like, I'm dying. I'm dying right now. (laughs) (laughs) Keep going. Keep going. So you you felt invigorated meeting these people. Okay. Um, Yeah. So uh part of me is like is this is this interesting to people or is this 100 yes, we'll we'll tell you we literally say shut the fuck up if people start saying something disinteresting okay cool yeah. yeah tell me to shut the fuck up yep um okay so so i felt amazing i was like okay we need to i need to keep doing this so i had that meet up for the next five months every single week um Where did you guys meet we met at like a park in houston Cause I was so cheap. I didn't want to like rent a space <laughs> or anything. Yeah. Uh, so we met at a park and then that was April. If you've ever been to Houston in June, you know that like, it literally feels like you're in a sauna, but like everywhere. Yeah. So people started complaining like, yo, this, this meetup, like <laughs> it's great, but we can't come anymore. So then I uh, made a connection at a coffee shop. We went to the coffee shop. The coffee shop was not super happy about it. Cause it was like, seven people taking up this whole corner for like two hours every Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, we did it for like every week for five months. It was amazing. But I realized like, I feel like I'm telling these people what to do more than I'm like helping them figure out what they want to do on their own. Mm -hmm. So you didn't feel like you were running a meeting. You felt like you were kind of in charge of. Yeah. I felt like I was like a consultant and and I didn't want that. I wanted to like help them move through their own stuff. Um, and we were, and like, we were seeing some crazy results. Like the dude from Syria. What do you think it was though. What do you think that it was inside of you that was able to sort of, you have this energy. Is this something that you've always kind of, were you always like the leader of like your group projects? Like, is it, I mean, cause obviously if people were, you said you felt like a consultant, they obviously were leaning on you for your opinion. Right, mm-hmm. and what you thought and thought very highly of what you thought. Like, mm-hmm. what is there a moment where you were like, "Oh," or have you always kind of had that experience? It's a really good question. Um, I, I can't tell you exactly what it was. 
But I know that for the first time in a really long time, maybe my whole life, I was actually like just totally present with them. And I just like actually cared about helping them. And I think like regardless of any, you know, like certification or any anything that made me legit as someone that could actually help them. My genuine like interest in being there, I think showed them like, Oh, okay. Maybe I should listen to this kid. Yeah. I feel like the same innate thing in you that makes you make that group and get those people together is the same thing in you that lets them want to listen to you. That, that like, that, that gives them the, the comfortable level to look at you and listen to you in those, in those moments. I think it's probably the same, whatever it is, you know, it might be like hard to put an actual word on, but that is all, I think, one thing that you have always had, but now you're actually using it in an occupational way. Thanks, man. Yeah. So, still, yeah, go ahead. Okay. So I think a lot of people, when they see life coach and, and like a life coaching business, they will often conflate that with, therapy and social work and things like that. Can you explain uh, for everybody what the difference is and what exactly sets life coaching apart from those other things? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so, so the way I like to explain it, cause that, that comes up all the time. It's right. like, well, should I, should I be like going after a therapist or, or a life coach or, you know, maybe if it, I think a lot of people also kind of confuse coaches with consultants. And so I'll, I'll lay it out for you. Okay. Um, in, in my experience, coaching gets confused most with two other modalities, therapy and consultants. Um, so consulting, like if, if you hire me as a consultant, really what you're doing is see, or Jesse, I want you to come into my life, understand my circumstance and advise me or, or tell me what you think I ought to do. Yeah consultants get paid a lot of money all around the world to do just that. Um, therapists, you know, Steve, you would hire Jesse to come into your life and help you kind of work through past trauma and, and mm. heal kind of like old stories and beliefs that, that you have adopted over the years um, that are holding you back. Now that's not a slight on like consultants or therapists. Sure, sure, sure. Both serve an, a critical role in society but the difference between coaching and consulting is that my firm belief is that you don't need me to tell you what to do. You have all the answers within. And oftentimes when I tell people that they're like, bullshit, then I would know what to do. When in reality, what coaches do is they help you kind of like clear the clouds. Like I help you take the lenses off that are no longer serving you. So you can actually see the capital T truth for, for Steve and Candy. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike therapists coaching in my eyes, you know, I need to dip into the past only as much as I need to help you to move forward powerfully. So coaching has a strong emphasis on like, where do you want to go? And oftentimes people come to coaches because, you know, I, I have these aspirations, I have these goals, but I don't exactly know how to get there. You know, I know I'm meant for more, but I'm, I'm just like sitting on my ass or I'm doing a lot, but I feel like I'm just running on the rat wheel. Um, so that's kind of how I explain it. I don't know if that made it clear or more. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it sort of like um, in therapy, you're sort of working on uh, resolving uh, emotional traumas or, or life experiences that you're carrying with you and you want to sort of 
find a way to resolve them. But for you and a life coach, it's more of like actionable things that you can do to change your situation. Is that like sort of what you mean? Uh, yeah, exactly. And yeah. I, I think um, coaching gets a bad rap because like you don't have to go to years and years of, you know, grad school to become a coach. Um, and often people like, you know, kind of play to that. And so they'll, they'll call themselves a coach before they've had any experience. Yeah. Um, but Do with you that, have like success stories. Oh, I got success stories. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, you um, ever heard of LeBron James? <laughs> well, guess what? He worked in a pencil shop. He was going to be a fucking accountant. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, have you ever heard of basketball, LeBron? <laughs> buddy, you're t- buddy, you're tall. Hang on a second. Right. Take off the lenses. <laughs> Put that protractor down uh-huh. and get out there and play. <laughs> uh, Candy, what do you got? You have a question next. I do have a question next. I'm doing this without glasses because I can't find them. So, and I have an old eye. <laughs> um, so you, what ultimately convinced you then to make the jump into pursuing this full time? Cause you've also done this like recently in the time of a pandemic which is also an interesting time because a lot of people are sort of forced to rethink everything in their lives. Yeah. So does that make your job easier or harder? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it is a unique time. Um, well, let me, let me go back and fill you in on how I got here and then I'll answer your question. Um, so basically I went from that experience of having like that meetup but realizing I was just telling people what to do. Um, and then I realized I want some formal training. I want to know how to do this, but in like a really powerful way. So I can actually like help people transform their lives. So I went to a coaching school to learn how to actually coach. Um, the coaching school was amazing. It was like very kind of intensive and gave you all of the tools and experience that you need to actually help people. I got out of that and um, felt a ton of momentum and I started coaching friends and family. And I was like, it got a little bit weird because I would, I would have conversations, but they would be with like buddies and I would be coaching them. And I'm like, okay, this needs to like, there need to be boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I wanted like a, 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 an avenue to put all of this like energy and work and passion into. And so I actually started my own LLC kind of got the ball running uh rolling balls roll right um balls do whatever you want them to do you know what i'm saying, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yo i hope jeff stands yeah, mind of their own am i right <laughs> one of sandy one of our best friends dads always says man they're so funny but they are so dirty yeah. <laughs> <Us>? no, <laughs> you guys oh oh Us. balls there it is Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they, really are. they smell like burritos <laughs> this is hi candy <laughs> this, is, this is a warning like a moist this is a warning yeah. candy <laughs> my family's gonna listen to <laughs> well all right so all right. this is how you got the ball rolling yes okay got the balls rolling um and uh and i started coaching people for real um candy to answer your question i 
decided it was time to take this seriously a long time ago, uh, but I didn't feel the confidence to actually do it. I was like, you know, who am I? I have this corporate career, you know, I'm, I'm this corporate pawn. Um, but I don't, I've never run my own business. Like I've done things on the side, but who am I to think I can actually ditch all of this stability and go for it on my own? Then I, I had a, a, I had a pretty powerful experience where I, I realized that like a lot of what was holding me back was just bullshit. Like all of the fear of like clinging on to security and safety was based out of like nothingness. Like when it really comes down to it, there was no fear. I was just clinging on to having fear because it was more comfortable than not than like moving forward powerfully. The next week I decided to talk to my vice president and I just called her and I said, Hey, my heart's not in it. This is at your company at the sort of day job company. that you're Exactly. At. Yeah. And I said, I'm not, I'm not, my heart's not in it. And like, I, I think it's best for me to go. Um, I was shitting myself and mm-hmm. I had no idea if I was really ready to go, but I just knew like a little bit of what you said, which is, this is a strange time. People are looking for help. Um, and also like, all of the pieces are in place for me to go. I have the confidence. I have the experience. It's time to go. Um, they, the corporate job tried to, you know, hang more carrots in front of my face. What if we could, you know, give you a bigger retention bonus at the end of the year? Or what if, you know, you could be a consultant or part-time, you know, all the things. Um, I took a weekend. I went camping in the woods because Denver <laughs> and uh, came back and realized like, no, this is what I'm, this is what I'm going to do. When I decided that, like, I'm not joking, that day, I got my first, well, I got my third high paying client, but it was my first in like a couple months. The next day I got my second, a week later, I got my third, a week later, I got my fourth. And I've officially replaced my like full-time income. Just Do you have like a... um a program that you set up. So it's kind of like if you take on and sorry, so fascinating. So let's say you, you bring someone on and I guess is it personal with the plan you kind of develop, like we'll work together like this for the next couple of months in this kind of manner. And also if it's someone that has a very specific skill set, do you have to sort of learn their skill sets and other jobs associated with that to be helpful or is it more about them being responsible and being able to guide them because they maybe not have seen it okay i think i remember your first question (laughs) um so yes it is highly individualized because everyone comes with their own life condition their own life circumstances um and so what i have realized that i love doing is I love working with entrepreneurs, um, people that are, or aspiring entrepreneurs. So people that are looking to like flip the table over and like, this game is not working for me. I want to build something that allows me to be me and live the life that I want. Um, partially because I lived it, I'm living it. Um, and also because like those people, they're in it for more than just get me the result. Versus who I historically have worked with, which are, you know, clients that are looking to find work that they love. 
what I found is when you're working with people that are looking to find work that they're more interested in, oftentimes it's super transactional. It's like, well, help me get a job. I'm in accounting. I want to be in private equity. And as you can imagine, like there's a lot, there's, there's some really cool inner work that you can do there, but mostly it's like, you know, how many applications have you filled out? Like, sure. and, yeah. and for me, it was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not really passionate about this. What I really care about is helping you like create the business and the life that you actually want. And in there, it's like, there's everything, right? There's the inner work, there's the outer work, there's working through limiting beliefs, all the fears of putting yourself out there. Um, so Candy, to answer your first question, yes, it's highly individualized and um, that's what I love about it. But if you want to do this at scale, at some point you need to, you don't need to do anything, but it, it helps to create a program, like a flagship program where you can, you know, you have proven results with people that have moved through the program um, and then add some personalized touch. So for instance, something that a lot of coaches do um, is, you know, here's my eight week program. You go through all the trainings that you need that have helped people do the same thing that, you know, that you're trying to do. Um, and along with it, you get, you know, an hour or 30 minute coaching calls every week with me and you get a group call with everyone in the group and there's a Facebook community or a Slack channel. And so there's a support. Um, so yes, it's highly individualized, but also there are certain things that you can draw out that everyone needs to do. Um, that, that becomes the program. So were you still going? I'm sorry. I was done. I was trying to remember her second question. Uh So I think, I think her second question was kind of about like the format. If somebody signs up with you, do they get X amount of sessions or let's say somebody's listening to this and they're on the fence and they don't know, and they don't want to pay however many dollars right now, if they don't know if it's really a good fit or if it's really what they need. So how does that work? Yeah. Um, so how I work is I offer like a free clarity session upfront. So let's hop on the phone for 45 minutes and understand where you're at. Uh, because honestly, for, for a lot of people, it's just not, it's not the right time. Uh-huh. It's not, I'm not the right person. It's not the right program. Um, and so I don't, I don't want to, you know, waste your time and money just as much as you don't. Um, and so that 45 minutes, which, you know, usually turns into an hour is a good time to really hash out where you are, where you want to go, what's in the way. And can I help you get there? Um, if so, then we can talk about what it would look like moving forward. And for me, I'm actually like working on right now, systematizing everything that I do. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can turn it kind of from a, a hobby and, you know, a, a sole proprietorship to a real business, you know, where there's systems and processes and you're not reinventing the wheel with every client. So it's not necessarily like an, an exact package that you buy. It's more malleable in terms of what the person has time for and what they need and that sort of thing. Uh, for some coaches. Okay. Um, so, so for me, what I've noticed is if you work with people on a too infrequent basis, what happens is you lose a lot of the the momentum Mm -hmm. that you gain as you start to develop some consistency and repetition. Right. Um, Most people that I speak to are a little bit like uh, skeptical of investing in a six month, 12 year engagement. And, and I totally understand that the first time I hired, what's up? 
12 year. Did I say 12 year? 12 month. I was like, oh. you're thinking of 12 years of sleep. That's different. That, that, that has <laughs> nothing is to do it? with this. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, but like, is there a bit, so, I mean, I know that you're just now like really taking this on, but have you been in a situation that you've not felt that you were a right fit or someone was looking to do something that you didn't have enough knowledge about? Like hundred uh, percent, like okay. daily. Okay. Um, and, and for instance, to go back to your question about like, what is coaching and how does it differentiate? How is it different from different modalities? People will come to, to me with like some real, some real stuff. Um, and it's my duty as a coach that is bound by the rules and regulations of the, of the governing body of coaches, the ICF, International mm-hmm. Coaching Federation, to refer them to someone that can help them better. Um, because if there is some real stuff, uh, and when I say real stuff, uh, let me clarify. If there's like real trauma or, or suicidal thoughts, like, you know, things that have greater ramifications than, you know, I want to hit these goals, mm-hmm. um, then it's my job to refer them to a specialist that can get them the help. Um, so yes, candy. And and then even as, as minor as, you know, people that are looking for, um, you know, relationship advice, um, or relationship help. When they come, but I think it's also interesting that they would come to you for something like that because already they're thinking outside the box or they're just desperate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and I, <laughs> I think it goes to show how, um, how important like it is to actually have this sort of support in your network mm-hmm. because there's so many people that come to me and they're like, I don't really know what you do. I just know that you help people. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, in my eyes is, is, is just like a glaring example of how important this type of work is, whether you're a coach, a therapist, a social worker, whatever. Like, if we want to talk about, like, you know, how we are as a society, like, so many of my clients come to me and they're like, I just don't have anyone to talk to about this stuff. Yeah. yeah. And like, well, even when it's I- very interesting, too, because I did this once. So, um a friend of a friend of mine was sort of like also on the verge of jumping into doing life coaching first time and was kind of doing sort of test groups and putting different things together to kind of navigate herself a little bit. So this is a few years ago, but shoot, probably five years ago now, but she put together like, it was like a meetup group that we just met online and there was four of us and we're all very like completely different with completely different needs. So like one was dealing with insomnia. I think I was like, the gesture of the group. Um, and then there was like people like trying to transition or find like that are artists and then trying to figure out how I can make money as being an artist, which I'm sure you probably get right often too. Um, but I even feel like having that controlled, but open environment, because I feel like it gives you a way of shutting off some things, but being open in another way. I found that to be just just uh, we did it like three weeks we would just talk on Sunday afternoons but even just out of having that experience being able to think with different parts of your brain is super empowering and it's also empowering to know that you're being supported you know and and being supportive of other people and because of that I started <laughs> I started teaching comedy classes and I think and I do them on Sundays and it was like I know that it goes back to feeling super empowered at this certain time of the day on this day of the week. And it did eventually lead in like four years later into something else, which is a big game changer for me. So I think that it's like um, the, 
for me, like the, it, it's the, the act of intention is like the biggest step that you can take. It's like reaching out to you is probably one of the biggest steps a person takes, right? Yeah. It takes so much courage to yeah. say, Hey, I don't know what I need, but like, I think I could use some help. Right. And candy, like it, it makes sense to me that you got so much out of that. And I also think about all of like the men that reach out to me that don't like, that don't have that a think that reaching out looks mm-hmm. weak. It's like, I don't talk to anyone because I'm not a, I'm not a pussy, whatever, right, right, you know, right. that, that conditioned male belief that right. like asking for help or talking about your emotions is a sign of weakness. Um, yeah. I don't even know where I was going with that, but, but the fact that like you got value out of that, um, it, it makes me feel good because half of my job is just explaining like what I do. Right. Um, and then, you know, when people see the work and like actually experience it there, you don't have to explain it anymore. It's like, okay, I get it. And what I always say to people is like, if you have a shitty coach, what you're going to get is a lot of accountability and you're going to get some like deliberate and intentional, intentional energy focused on you. If you have a great coach, you're going to get insights, realizations, distinctions, breakthroughs, along with all the accountability and the, and the intentional and deliberate energy focused on you. Right. Um, yeah. And so like, you know, if someone, if, you know, Mark, uh, Terry and my mom are uh, interested in hiring a coach, uh, all of the people listening to this, yeah. um, no, if, if the if people are, that are listening to this are like, I don't really know what I need, but I know I could use some support. There's so many coaches out there that are like looking to help. And the reason that people get in this work is because they're passionate about helping. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it's awesome that you like, that you actually reached out for that. And then four years later, you're reaping the benefits. Yeah. I, and it wasn't even until just talking to you that I realized how it was interesting. I picked the same day and time. For the comedy class. Yeah. Ah, fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the more that that you and and people in your field will like destigmatize anything like this that is like asking for help for for emotional things and asking for help in their lives and you know like your I feel like your whole thing is like leading with what you're passionate about what you love to do and figuring out how to make money and live in America later like Branding. the first thank you uh, the first oh. thing you're on a podcast yeah. <laughs> Um, so you mentioned, you mentioned your mom, Jesse has great parents. I love Jesse's parents. I was wondering if during this, like, as you were making this transition from one career to this one, did they give you any advice that sticks out or that, that you can remember, uh, along the way? Ooh, good questions, guys. You guys are good at this. Mm -hmm. But if it was like, there was a lot of trauma and this might be the first time that they're hearing about it. Uh, <laughs> why are you making fun of that <laughs> um no uh yeah it's a really good question um well to fill you in and i hope my dad listens to this uh my dad was the type of guy who he graduated from high school and back then you you graduated from high school and you went to college uh right. he, he said to his parents i'm not gonna go to college right away and um Mum and Bobby and Pup Up Jerry were not super thrilled. Well, Mum and Bobby was not very thrilled. Um, so what he did, and I'm probably going to mess this up somehow, but he 
took his truck and drove across the country and um, him and a buddy like went, you know, they just went across the country. They lived in, uh, he ended up living in California for a while. He built sailboats. He worked on homes. He was, you know, doing odd jobs here and there. Um, and then he decided, okay, I think, you know, I think maybe it's time to go to school. You know, maybe it's time to like get a real job or what, you know, sorry, dad, if I'm butchering this. Mm-hmm. Um, but now my dad has turned into the one who's like, you know, make sure everything's, you know, lined up, you know, do you have all your finances ready? Like, are you prepared? Maybe you should, you know, one thing that he told me is, um, he said, you know, those walking, uh, like those walking ramps at the airport. Yes. Yeah. So he mover. People mover, yeah. People it, mover. That's it's the, not it's not only a decline, it's just like it literally just makes you walk faster or not walk <laughs> at all and go. Yeah. 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 Um so uh so my dad made a transition when he was like in his fifties from uh from being a salesman to real estate investor. Um and what he said was you want to move at the same speed as the people mover before you get on it. So work in your day job as long as you can. Get up to speed on your side gig so that when you get on the people mover, it doesn't like, you know, jerk you. Oh, that's great. Um, and it was great. And it was like, it was exactly what I needed at the time. But what I found is I didn't know when to stop. Like mm-hmm. I just kept going at the same speed, building up my side gig. But I was like, when do I get off of the, like, when do I get on the ramp? and get off of like the ground. That's where the algae breaks up. (laughs) But like, you know, because I was just, I was just getting more miserable and getting more work. Like more people were leaving my company. I was taking on more work. I wasn't getting paid more. I was like, dad, when do I like do the California trip that you did? Like, when do I do that? Um, So to answer your question in a very roundabout way, that was a really good piece of advice. And then when I, when I told my parents, like, guys, I'm, I'm done. Mm-hmm. My mom was like, it's about time, dude. Like, <laughs> you've been talking about this for years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my dad said, he sent me like, you know, five texts in a row, like, you know, any investment that you make in your business, make sure you, you know, keep track of it because you can write them off come tax season. Right, right, make right. sure you're separating your expenses, all that stuff. And then, and then he just said, you know, you've got this. Like, I believe in you. I know you got this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in some weird way, I needed that permission to just feel like, of course. Like, of course. Okay. They trust me. They believe in me. That I, vote of I, confidence I, still matters, you know. Yeah. Uh, we were going to move on to random questions but first before that i just want to check like do you envision any way once this quarantine is over who knows when will that change the business in any way like do you think that you would see people in person if they're in the denver area or do you think you'll basically keep it as it is um yeah so i thought about this a little bit the only thing i can see changing so i think the online format is fantastic because you could be in toronto or you could be in europe and Mm -hmm. like we could still work together um, the only thing I can see changing is having more live, live events or retreat type kind of events. Um, for me, if you can block off three days and just be with people and they're there with you, like they invest mm-hmm. their time, their resources to be there. Um, that's where you can see some like real changes, some real results. Yeah. Um, so in my eyes, like when this is over and people can get back together, 
I want to get people in a room and like all work on building our businesses and moving through, you know, limiting beliefs, all the fear that comes with doing like even the stuff you're doing, like just uh, putting a podcast out there. Like there's, there's no lot. reason, there's no reason you couldn't have you two people from Denver and then one person in Philly who's on zoom. Like you could, you could sort of have, have that breakout. Obviously in a perfect world, everybody's in the same room, but yeah. uh, that's great. So this would just continue and, and it'll be great. Well, our friend Kate, she's been a guest on our podcast before is a healer and like went to the spiritual school and certified in that way. And um, she's also a comedian. Like she's just like a, a flower. If wow. you will. Um, and she, I've always, I've grown up kind of always just being like a cynic. Cause I was like, it's so cute to be cynical, but it does, it's not serving, right? It's, you're just blocking yourself from everything. Yeah. Um, and then it was like, came out of a bad breakup and Kate was my friend at the time. And she was like, I don't want to tell you how to live your life, but like, maybe this is something you should consider. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a healer. <laughs> okay. But I did. And I've been doing I remember it. Remember that. Yeah. yeah. So I've been doing Over it. Over the phone, week. right? Yep. Every two weeks for uh, three and a half years, almost four years, I think. Wow. Um, and it's the best decision I ever made. Wow. So, you know, um, so I think it's just one of those things that I just personally find fascinating. Um, and like you said, there is certainly this energy, especially when it comes to males, that it's like, oh, I don't need that. It's not, you know. I'm butch. I don't need a coach. But you know how we always say that? We say, I'm yeah. butch. Right. I, I used to say that all the time. You know, Steve's always like walking around carrying that laundry basket. He's like, yeah. I don't need to be carrying this because I'm butch. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but I did have a crazy dream last night that I'm actually thinking about pursuing, and I'll tell you about it. Please. I had a dream that my dog, Ribbit, who was part Chihuahua and a part Italian Greyhound, um, created her own hot sauce company. Candy, speaking of hot sauce, uh, this is a lead-in for an ad. Uh, <laughs> above, water, above Water CBD is making their own hot sauce, and folks, it's good. I love a hot sauce. Hot and calming. Bingo. You get hot, you get calm. <laughs> what more do you want? Use our, uh, our uh, what is it? It's our promo code, Steve. Yes, our promo code is figuring it out. Uh, that gives you how much at the do at the gate? I think it's thirty percent off, which is pretty great off CDBD products because they are no bargain. But these no, they're expensive. A bargain rate with a bargain discount. Yes, bargain bin, laundry bin. <laughs> we're back at home. We uh, so listen, go to Above Waters website. This stuff is great. You take it, you're calm, you're happy, you're getting life coached. It's all going to be good. It's not just hot sauce. It's balms for your arthritic hands. It's yes. I'm out, by the way. Send me some more. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> helps me sleep through the menopause sweats. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely check that out. Also, listen to this ad from one of our favorite paper house show uh, is the New York Comedy Club podcast. Do you want to say that, but worse? Do you want to try it? <laughs> <laughs> hey comedy fans make sure you're checking out the new york comedy club podcast the official podcast of the new york comedy club we take an inside look into the world of stand-up comedy as we interview your favorite comedians about the business the jokes and the journey as a stand-up comic so make sure you're checking out the new york comedy club podcast all a part of the paper house network
All right. <laughs> Good ad. All right. Let's move wait. On. Wait. Yeah. So there's no there's no dog dream. That was actually real. It was. Yeah, you can expound on that if you want. I did. I yeah, did I'm actually. I'm talking that. about me. I want to talk about you. <laughs> yeah, I did not. I did actually have that dream, and then I thought that's actually kind of a crazy idea. I don't know if you've ever seen Baby Boom with Diane Keaton. Probably a great <laughs> inspiration for a life coach. Diane Keaton works in the corporate world and is very very good at it. Successful, and then someone because it was the '80s drops a baby off on her porch kind of a thing. So she has to raise a child and then she decides I'm out of the corporate world. And then she was making her kids own baby food. This is ribbon. This is still the first act by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And makes a business out of it. So I'm like, is this my baby boom moment that my dog is going to be, why are Reese's calling me? Yikes. No pickup. Um, And then (laughs) So she's part Chihuahua, part Italian Greyhound. So I was thinking, what about a hot sauce? She's also very sexy. Um, Hot sauce, Chihuahua, but with an Italian flair. And then what if I just did different dog breed sauces? What do you think, Jess? What if she did But also, Clive, he's getting a new puppy, and it's a a sheet sheet. She's part... Am I high, or is she still talking about this? Part Shih Tzu, part Chihuahua. So it could be hot sauce with like a Chinese seasonings. Okay. I don't know if we're going to really appropriate some Chinese seasoning. I don't think that's really what we need to do. Candy, did Lucy send in a question? She did. And I'm a huge fan of Lucy, by the way. She loves Lucy. And I just want to pause to say that the video that you made for Steve's birthday was... (laughs) (laughs) And Lucy is such a trooper. She's yeah. awesome. Ah, oh, she's uh, something else. She's in the runner underwear playing video games. Um, right. So without thinking about it, or maybe you know, real quick, how many seconds are in a year? Uh, you, you guys both guess. Yeah. I'm oh. going to say 60 million. 60 million. Isn't there like 8,114 8, seconds in a day? Oh my God, wait, it's a damn song. No. 5,114. Those are minutes. Those are minutes. Oh, right. Oh, oh, 525,000 minutes. So there's times 60. Uh, we're going to say three, 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 30 million. I don't know. 30 million. Lucy, pick it up. How many seconds are in here? 31 million? 31 million. Oh, you looked it up already, Steve? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Why, are you guys talking? So I I overshot it with the 60 million. Real quick, a really really cool exercise to help people understand. Wait, what is it? Nah, keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Life coaching. Go to Jesse Cohen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I know we want to get you out of here on time. I know you have something at five. Uh, we're going on to these group questions. We'll all answer them. Let's have fun. It's wild, out of control. If you got an opportunity to board a spaceship to Mars, would you go? Mm-hmm. Like right now? Mm-hmm. No fucking shot. Uh-huh. Do you want to why? Yeah, like in general, like let's say in six months. No, I'm yeah. good here. All my yeah. people are here. I like, I like doing earthly things. Yeah. 
I mean, if I knew that it could be a safe trip right. for like a couple weeks, I would check it out. But there is no doubt in my mind that there would be some turmoil on that yeah. trip. And I'm pretty good here. Candy, what about you? Fuck no. Yeah, no. Who do I know on Mars? What do I give a shit? Right. No, yeah, not interested. I have no... I don't even like Six Flags. <laughs> I don't like Brooklyn. I'm not going to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Go ahead. Um, all right. With What is the worst TV show that you love? Uh, this is an easy one from, well, yeah, actually this is an easy one. I don't watch a lot of TV shows. I literally just texted Steve yesterday. Oh yeah. Um, telling him to watch this. My mom told us, told my girlfriend and I to watch, uh, dead to me on Netflix. I don't know if you supposed to be good though. Right. Yeah. But it's about like, uh, it's about really gruesome stuff. Uh huh. But, but you're right. That doesn't really count because it's like, I think it's like overwhelmingly known as a good show. Right. Like Floribama Shore is a, is a uh, terrible show, but Gabrielle and I love it. Real Housewives of New York City. They're all awful. They all hate each other. It's great. Candy? I did not like the second. I loved the first season of Dead to Me. I didn't like the second season. I, saw I, didn't, I, I haven't watched the second season, oh. so I get that. All right. Spoiler. There's something to look forward to. Yeah. All right. Um, I listen, I watch everything murder. Right. Like really like household. (laughs) Through crime. I love, um, you know, the noirs, the Scandi noir. Right. Like Scandinavian, uh, crime dramas. Um, I don't know the word catfish. Does that count, Steve? I think it counts. We yeah. love catfish. Love yeah. a catfish. Yeah, like love our catfish. lives actually revolved around that show last summer. Right. <laughs> what well, a difference a year yeah. makes, Steve. What do you say? Catfish. <laughs> the difference a year makes. Yeah. Right. I just I don't I, yeah they, they don't do it for me. They make me feel bad. So I'm like, yeah. no, you don't feel good. You don't feel great. You don't feel good. Um, but there's something about like the formula to that show that we really got into. Yeah. Um, but have you ever seen my strangest addiction? No. What is that? It's people who are addicted to weird things. Yeah. Like one girl couldn't stop eating the foam from her couch. No. Like she would also try to hide it. She needs a life coach. I'll tell you right now. It'd be empty. (laughs) She's got her mouth around an ottoman. She needs a life coach. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Then there was a one that couldn't stop smelling dirty diapers, but she didn't have kids. So she would have to like go through. How are none of these people guests on the podcast? I mean, we should be able to get one of those folks in here. I take full responsibility for it. (laughs) All right. So here's a question for you and me, Jesse. Candy, not for you. What is the hardest time that you and I have laughed together? Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. Who did you ask this, or did someone no, ask? No, this is from uh, Deborah Jabes in uh, Nebraska. Is that real? Did you just make that up? I just made that up. <laughs> oh, oh thank, you. thank you, Deborah, for the question. <laughs> Great. All right. Um, there's this is impossible to answer, but yeah, I don't know. Do you have like one time that you can think of? There's there you wrote was one this question, and you don't ask. Deborah wrote the question. Thank you. <laughs> um, the the one thing that came to mind was when you and I were out to dinner together 
And there was a there was a waitress who was truly doing her best, but she kept mispronouncing this word. And instead of the word, again, keep in mind, we were like 15. She kept saying fart in duck. She was trying to say duck fat. She kept saying duck fart. And something about it is not, I mean, in, in retrospect, I wish we hadn't reacted this way, but we could stop laughing. Steve, that was all you. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> That's you true. were ordering the pizza that had duck Who's fart ordering? on it. Why are, why are you ordering duck f- anything at 15 years old, you elitist sons of bitches? <laughs> Steve asked, what is this? And she said, it is duck fart. Oh. Like, so you were also in France? Yeah. <laughs> no, we were in Ardmore, Pennsylvania. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, but the worst part about it, it was like all, it was funny. She was like... Not really. She wasn't laughing at all. Yeah. Um, but we were having a good time, and not it wasn't at the expense of her. We were, right. we were really done, but we just could, we got into one of those things where we can't stop laughing. And then, like five minutes later, a new server comes up and right. says, "I'll be your server from here on out." Oh, and that was, I think about her all the time. They really think, changed out the server. Yeah, they changed out the server. That was really bad. And then I think Steve, we spent like she's a meth addict now because of your action. <laughs> we I, I think we spent like twenty five dollars collectively, and we tipped like eighty or something. Right, we we really tried well, to overcompensate, that, that kind of but we weren't even tipping her at that point. We were tipping some other schmuck. Yeah, that's true. Uh, all right, Candy, this is for you. Uh, before we get out of here, what has the quarantine taught you about yourself as a parent? That I'm not a very good one. <laughs> yeah. No, give me a real answer. No, I'm actually really terrible at it. I feel like um, there's a bunch of things that I think because there were schools and all these other things that were open and the conventional ways of raising a kid were there, when that's taken away and you're kind of left with your figuring out your branding yourself, mm-hmm. um, I realize that I have to actually rethink all of this as you know 99% of the parents in the world do right now as well mm-hmm. um i want to be better at it i don't think i ever i think i want to um grow with her more i think you're protected when you have them in school and routines and stuff it's a protection yeah you know? yeah yeah and now when that's gone i'm trying to find a way of because we fight near like teenage girls, but like finding a way to connecting with her. She's also 12 years old. So it's like, she's about to go through all kinds of stuff. And I want to make sure that the lines of communication are open, that she's comfortable coming and talking mm-hmm. to me. So maybe if anything, it's a test or a challenge for me to do those things when I probably wouldn't have before, or certainly yeah. not in a very open way. Right. She's also loves talk and which wants to share anxieties. A lot of it's made up, (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that like any, any field like parenting, your job, anything like that, like people who don't feel that they're good enough yet are like the the people that are right. Because it's like, if you're passionate about it, if you care about it, you should feel like you're not doing it perfectly yet, you know, because I don't think anybody is. So I think it's a good sign that you want to get better because it means that you care about it. She's all right, you know. Great, thanks. 
Um, let's get you out of here. So it's Jesse Cohen. The website is jessicohencoaching.com. Is there anything else that you would like to tell people before you get out of here? Um, not promotional stuff. Just okay. like there's just uh, I think there's a lot of fear right now, mm-hmm. which is like understandable. Um, but I think like what this is showing me more than anything, what this time is showing me is that it's revealing the fear that I've lived with for like a long time, more than, more than like the virus is like creating this within me. It's kind of just revealing it. Right. Um, And I think the more people can spend this time like looking within and, you know, um, not to get too deep with it, but like, you know, really using this time to like start to examine what's going on within them. Right. Um, because like, I guess the second thing that this is teaching all of us and me in particular is that like there, we've got an expiration date to like this whole meat suit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, how do you want to spend the rest of your life um, right. so, to get real life coaching with you? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think I just want to leave people like really, um, examining how they're living their life and, and how they want to. Um, and, uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys. You guys, this is awesome. It's like scary at the beginning and then you realize it's just talking to people. So thank you so much for doing this. I, I love definitely you. appreciate you being here and uh, thank you. So everybody. everybody, yeah, go to the website. We yep. love you. Um, you're the best buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Likewise. Appreciate Bye you guys. guys. Yeah.